November creeps in through the window. A gust of midnight wind howls at the moon, and a shock of cold air strikes me. Papers flutter and swirl like moths before settling quietly on my desk. I shift in bed, pulling the wool blanket tighter around me. I do not pull my feet back beneath the safety of covers, though the cold bites my toes with a vengeance. It has been 37 hours since I have slept. I peer across the room, looking for movement. My eyes have adjusted to the dark, but I perceive only shadows and the harsh corners of my armoire. I am no longer afraid. I wait patiently in anticipation. She isn't here yet. While alive, bodies act as a vehicle to experience the human condition. After death, some souls dress themselves in new forms to visit the ones they left behind. Because human bodies are few compared to the vast number of souls, many whom await reincarnation settle for the form of mourning doves or sparrows. Birds are popular temporary vehicles because flight makes it so easy to appear unnoticed while flitting between dimensions. In the bat of an eye, a bird can disappear beyond the veil hung in the distant half-sky. Of course, all visits to the linear world must take place in the spirit's spare time. We are not free from duty, even in death. Our spirits must act as gatekeepers to the afterlife and escort the newly deceased to the portal separating the living and the dead. But Sister has more to do than simply visit and she doesn't give a damn about her responsibilities in death. A simple hawk or crow wouldn't cut it for her. Instead, she had to embody her shadow self, the darkest aspects of her short time on Earth. She required a form that was hardly visible, one that embodied attention to detail and patience while waiting for the perfect moment to strike. A black, house spider suited her insatiable quest for revenge. In life, sister was my closest ally. In death, she is my first counsel. She visits only while I am at the mercy of my subconscious, when my body is numb, but my thoughts are electric. It is then I can see live wires spark on the black screen hung on the edge of my mind. In bed, I try to achieve this half-sleep state, and even then, she must agree the time is appropriate. If she deems it safe, she crawls silently out from the shadows on eight splintery legs and peers at me upside down. I focus on her head, fused to her thorax, and she grows before me to resemble her human form. Where we once had the same blue eyes, Hers have turned black and soulless. Mine have changed to a watery red, a consequence of crying and lack of sleep. My sole duty since she passed is to avenge her, to take the lives of those who reduced her to an arachnid on a cream-colored ceiling. I worry that she will be angry tonight. The captors forced me to swallow two white capsules at our evening meal. I fear they are growing increasingly suspicious. Tonight they watched me until I swallowed the pills with a sip of iced tea. During our first meeting, Sister advised 
the cessation of this medication, as she was given the same treatment before they murdered her in cold blood. She is only looking out for me, attempting to free me of the same fate, though when I disobey her order, she becomes frustrated. When she is frustrated, she does not visit. The best way to go about any commitment is to commit fully, she has said. We believe the pills contain a poison to blind us of my impending death and to keep us from communicating. I slide my hand beneath my pillow and finger the cool plastic bag that contains several weeks worth of pills.